I wanted to again say welcome everyone to Friends of Indie Left. Thank you so much for being here. I started this show at the beginning of this year as a way for all of us to learn a little bit more about the people whose work and, and analysis that we amplify regularly in Independent Left News, in Leftist.Today, and in our Discord server, Independent, Independent Left GG, and with our, with our Indie News Network family. And there's a reason why we include their content in our aggregator site, and we want you to see what we see. So this is being co-streamed to Indie News Network, all the INN channels, and uh, our friends of Indie Left also play well with all the other INN family members. And you can see again, Uncle Warren's in the chat. <clears throat> um, I know that you've been on. Reef I, I know we're scheduled to go on Reefer After Dark if you're not, if you're not, if you haven't been on there yet. But uh, I know that's that's in the works. Hopefully, one of these days, uh, an edible yeah. will be will be consumed at that point. And uh, and again, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so. So we're at episode seven, and this is Friends of Indie Left, and I am excited to sit down with, again, I'm going to give you a little nice intro. And it's really funny. I Googled the name James Fauntleroy today, and I did not know really? that there is a famous, like, producer Hollywood entertainer yeah. by the name of James Fauntleroy. I'm like, wait a minute. And he, you can almost double for him. Is it, Are you related? <laughs> are you family? <laughs> Are you family? Yeah. I'm like, how, how how are they not working together already? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that because uh, this particular James Fauntleroy uh, has worked with many big name artists. Uh, I think he's out in Los Angeles. And um, I tried to reach out just to, you know, be like, hey, you know, we have the same name. And a lot of us who have the, the last name Fauntleroy are most likely all related uh, you can probably take a DNA test and, you know, go down the line and you probably go, you know, maybe as far as seven, eight generations back, you know, and find out that we're all related uh, because we all pretty much came from the same area. So, yeah, there's a lot of us. Uh, there's a few of us out there. There's actually an area in uh, Washington called Fauntleroy as well. I think it's near Seattle. So. There's an actual area with my last name in it too, so it's get out. That that that's pretty awesome. So James Fauntleroy, yeah. better known as JB Font or JB. Okay, he's yeah. an activist. Oh, go ahead. Go just, ahead. Just, just just one also little tidbit of information. Me. If you look, if you go on the Google machine and you look up Donald Duck's middle name, you'll see Fauntleroy as his middle name. Get out. Well, that that kind of makes sense. Oh, we got RLA in the chat. Radical leftist agenda. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> Uh, so JB Font, JB, he's the activist. Uh, he is a disability advocate, uh, and he's the host of the JB show on revolutionary blackout network, as well as his own podcast live stream at the JB Font channel, which by the way, just hit 1000 subscribers on YouTube. Congratulations. We're so happy and proud of you for that. Um, uh, thank you. this, this thank again you. is going live on Rockfin YouTube Odyssey. Well, it's not Rockfin yet. Facebook, Telegram, Twitch, and Twitter. And it is 9.30 on Saturday night right now. So we're excited to have you. Um, so again, I have I have a bunch of questions. Um, I've been a fan. Like I said, I saw you. I I, I think you introduced, did you introduce Bernie on stage? Is, is that is that what happened? Was Were you like at a rally or? Me? No, where did I, never. Where did I see uh, you on, I don't know, where I saw you somewhere. Where I, I felt like I saw you somewhere on, on stage or on camera. And you were like shy. And you're like, I don't know. I've never been up here. Maybe that wasn't even you. It, it felt like it was, but I'm, maybe I'm... No, I'm, the only time I've ever actually been... Uh, I, I given a speech like that was at the March Medicare for All. 
Right. Um, I was there here in Orlando and we were given a speech there. Uh, I gave one of the speeches. I was actually one of the only people that wasn't running for office that actually spoke. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. Uh, I know. Um, what's her name? The, the, the girl was it Christine. Uh, she was Christine Olivia. Olivia. She, she was there. Um, and didn't Meg, Meg was there too. I, I, I was actually, I brought up the picture today. You were on the cover of Common Dreams, man. That was awesome. You had like a full <laughs> yeah. page, full picture of it was your picture credited at JB Font. It was that's awesome. Yeah. I, I've never I never yeah. had anything make it into Common Dream. So that that was super impressive. Um yeah, so, cool. so so how did you like decide when did you decide to turn on a camera um and and, and do and start streaming and and podcasting and and how did you kind of find rbn i kind of want to hear like like the origin story of how, how did we end up here having this conversation i, lo I love asking everybody this that that, that question you see where it goes well it was in a galaxy <laughs> far far away a long long time ago i was in studio 54 having a <laughs> dirty martini and you know uh Rick James came up to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I wish it started off like that, but um, it's kind of interesting. So I've had this, I've had this channel for quite some time, um, but I didn't really do much of anything with it until uh, last year. Mm -hmm. um, and then I started to put little clips here and there about my political opinions, things like that. And the time when I really like dove into this, truly meant to dive into this, was in uh, late October, early November of last year. And I already had a few people who were, you know, subscribed, but it was just like people just in passing, like, oh, this tiny little channel where he did a couple quirky things and that's it. And that was it. Um, but it's interesting that you asked that question because uh, the people, the, there's two people who um, really inspired me. Not well, it, yeah, inspired, but also encouraged me to create my channel. Is former uh, FHL slash RBN member Jackie mm -hmm. and Sabby Sabs. They were the ones that encouraged me to create my own channel. And they were very, you know, they were behind me the 100%. And uh, I finally decided, you know what? I just need to do it. Because I wanted something of my own, but at the same time, I also wanted to cast a wider net uh, as far as the independent left space goes, mm -hmm. because not everyone is going to want to, and I, I, I kind of use the term loosely, subscribe to different people because they may have different personalities that they may like, they, they may want to get their information from or their commentary from. So I figured maybe some people would like to hear from, from somebody like me, you know, and I figured because of the type of background that I have, one of basically being within a hair's breadth of a poverty, being also queer and being disabled, maybe just maybe that somebody would want to hear what I have to say. And it would 
they would feel hurt. So that's one of the reasons why also that I also created my channel. And also I just wanted to, there's a lot of people within this space, <clears throat> bread tube. There's a lot of people who are in this space who they have their sense of urgency is contingent upon certain factors happening to them. But those factors aren't necessarily tied to um, housing security, food insecurity. Um, they're not necessarily tied to some of these more pressing things because they tend to be a little bit higher up on, you know, the, the class scale. And so it's not as big of an urgent thing for them as say somebody like myself. So uh, I think that's part of one of the reasons why that I also felt kind of a need because and, and plus, well, pff, look at me, I'm black. So, you know, that also covers another face. So, uh, yeah, so it's just, I, there's not a lot of people who reflect me in this space. So I've felt, you know, might as well jump. I've been with RBN for, gosh, nine months, 10 months by that time. Well, eight or nine months by that time. No, my math's horrible. Six months, duh, um, by that time. So. I figured I got enough training, so I think I can start on my own. Well, you guys launched like April 1st of last year, right? Um, yes, we did. And I, I, you know, you're one of the three founders, correct? Or no, it was, it was Rome and Jay and Nick, correct? Or you were one of them too, right? You were right there. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, the idea came from them and the, the first group was uh, Nick, CJ, Rome, myself, Jackie, and RJ. Right. Um, so yeah, it, that we were the first people who uh, started um, at the time. It was called FHL. Fred Hampton left us, but uh, we since changed the name to Revolutionary Blackout Network. Yep, yep, yep. So again, I, I've been a follower and a fan and an amplifier pretty much since the day you guys launched. Um, I, I thought it was fantastic to have a you know that that voice and you guys like i said have pretty much brought the words mutual aid in my opinion back to a to a mainstream point on the left um to a place where people had not really been talking about it to the level that and and you guys burst on the scene pretty quickly um i i'll i'll tell you that we were running the u.s solution summit i, I was the event director for it last year and People were like, you know, you guys should invite RBN, you know, at that time FHL. I'm like, I, I would love to, but I don't even know who they are, what they are yet. I, I think they're doing some great things. Uh, and now I regret, of course, not getting you guys involved earlier and realizing how, how much we were going to grow together. But I, I just didn't know at the time, but you were so new. And I saw what you guys were doing. I, I just love it. I, I've loved it from day one. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I've seen the evolution, how you added people, how there was struggle and there was conflict and you guys worked through it. I think you came through stronger in the end. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I think that there's still love for all of the, the former members that are there, which I think, you know, is, is a great thing as well. 
Um, but yeah. and, and I agree with Jackie and Sabby, and I uh, I was probably also one of the people saying who you encouraging you to have your own channel because that's actually you know uh, what happened with FHL and RBN in October inspired in a way INN uh, Indie News Network because I saw what happened and I said you know it, they have it like just perfect the way that everybody's independent but the thing is is that now meg and rj left and they had to pretty much rebuild their channels from scratch so it was that everybody should have their own channel and their own presence and their own own audience that you're bringing to the network and it changes yeah. things a little bit and it gives you the flexibility to be more independent and to have more of a voice in the network so um, and when we put INN together, it was, I wanted to make sure that people did not have a huge following and a huge presence. So nobody was going to have the ego or big time. We're all small. We're all starting out. We're all missing something and we're all here to help amplify and lift each other. And I think that that's what you guys do so well. Uh, and the way that you work together, the round tables certainly inspired what we do with our round table streams. Um, and, and again, it's really funny when, when, um, Nick said that he wanted to do a a summit uh, back in November. You know, he he announced it. He was on stream with CJ, and he goes, you know, I I, I think I want to do a summit around like, uh, around solutions and around um um jobs and around maybe a general. So I'm like, ah, we've been organizing. We've been doing something like that. We put out something like that just four months ago. I want to help. I want to be involved. So was so happy to be able to be involved with the General Strike Summit. And you guys again are. Are leading the way as far as putting on events like that um even you you had a disability uh, section in the summit as well as you did your own disability stream yeah. right yeah uh i've done the disability uh panel uh back um before we had this the general strike summit and then uh, during the General Strike Summit, there was actually three different disability panels. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm quite happy that we were able to do that because uh, for those of us who are disabled, we tend to be, uh, you know, pushed to the background, you know, so to speak. So because of that, uh, it, it is shown some more light on those of us who are going through this. And so I was actually, you know, I, I was privileged to be able to do it. Yeah. Well, and again, there there's some some great people that are um that you're doing it with for sure. So uh, you know, Savage Joy, I know was on a couple of those streams. You know, again, again, shout shout out to all of the all the advocates out there for for disabled people who are disabled themselves who are experiencing it, and that's something that we we also you know we've got. Noli D, I know you had Noli on a few weeks ago. She's another disability yeah. advocate. We love Noli. She yeah. shouted out. Yeah. She said she says she loves she loves you and she says hi. I just I texted with her earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's and, great, isn't she? Oh, she's she's phenomenal. And and, and you know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, you know, I, I have we we have Mona, who's who's our our one of our friends, super fans, one of the inspirations for Indie Left for INN. Uh, she also mm -hmm. went through dialysis. She went through a kidney transplant. And uh, mm -hmm. so I have a lot of, you know, kind of direct feel for what you're experiencing and what you're in and, and your specific direct issues on a daily basis and on a weekly basis, having to dedicate the time to to go and, and, and get get treatments and get get the dialysis. Um, 
and and just how many facilities there are. And I learned so much about the fact that there are basically two companies that control this entire industry, right? More monopoly yeah, type yeah. of capitalistic shit. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's yeah. fascinating to think about the kind of and again, you know. And then the services that are available in this country for poor people, uh, the way that they jack you on the fees and on little things, and then on having to get transportation-wise, just to be able to get to and from to get to your treatment. So, uh, yeah. At least some people are listening, uh, I'll tell you right now. And, and you and the other advocates have certainly been reaching some of us out there. Um, and I, I want to tell you that you know live. I, I think you know that from some of the, the comments and the responses and the tweets you get that it does have impact on people daily, but I certainly want to, you know, it, it's had impact on, on my conversation, on my thought process on in the workplace, when I'm considering things, when I'm thinking about it. Um, you know, again, I want to give a big shout out. Savage joy this week started a new job and, uh, and she's doing, yeah. doing the job and she's kind of bumping around because, and, and everyone knows about her disability and, and, and she's, She's struggling a little bit, but she's pushing through and her attitude is phenomenal. And and again, we need to advocate and, and uplift and, mm -hmm. you know, and un understand so that and, and treat equally and provide services so that, you know, again, I had on Mike from Blind Justice with Noli, uh, the services that they're trying to deny him in. It's it's gross yeah. how how the people who we should be taking care of the most are the ones who have to fight and struggle the hardest um, yeah. to get to yeah. get help, to get voice, to get anything. It's you know again. So yeah, your your advocacy has turned others into an advocate um, in uh, in more ways than one. Again, so uh, again, this you. is friends of Indie Left. This is this is not coming coming at coming at our uh, our friends here. I definitely want to want to talk to you and. And shower yeah. you with some of the love that that you that you that the community oh, feels you. for you. That again, I just fucking adore you, man. You you're you're an unbelievable oh, person. I, I I I see it every day on your streams. You know, um, oh, I see man. it in our in our DM threads in our chats. Um, again, you know the heart that you've got for everyone. The way that the vitriol that people come at you with it just it kills me. It hurts me to see. Because I, I I see the goodness you know all day long and and again the grifter comment that makes me hysterically laugh you know all of us laugh like like damn if we're grifters then they're the worst fucking we're, we're the worst fucking grifters ever in history right like um because all we want to do is help people and uh, and again yeah look, look at Ro yeah Rome grifting by giving out pizzas and and shoot taking his shoes off and giving it to. You know, Reef and I talk all day about about you guys and and how much impact you've had on, on the space and the positive impact that you've had. Um, again, March for Medicare for all and all the all the organizing that you guys did around that around the country. Um, yeah, which Savage Joy was a huge uh, part of in mm -hmm. organizing that. And uh, you know, I I am deeply appreciative of what people like Savage Joy and uh, Sharif have done and, you know, helping to organize that and to include us in it. Uh, you have people from whole Washington also involved. Um, but, uh, you know, you have the people who are, you know, 
who may look at people like myself and they see, you know, me on a channel on YouTube and there's this automatic assumption that I am somewhere up there with the larger platforms, even though my platform, I just literally hit a thousand subscribers and, and, and for some reason there's this disdain for me and uh, I don't really understand because if they, if they truly knew what I was going through, they would, I don't know if some of them would even want to, you know, confess to what I confessed to on camera, you know, about being basically, you know, basically around the poverty line and having to deal with being, you know, having a chronic illness and things like that. So it, it's just, I understand that everybody has a human experience and everybody's going through that experience. But if people try to be more empathetic and more kind to see what people are going through and even just ask a question, like, what are you really going through? You know, I, I think that it could be just a little bit better. Um, Cause I know a lot of them, they go through, they go through a lot. And I, I would hate to see them go through that. And I think one of the things that I try to, you know, it's, it's to the best of my ability. I know I'm not perfect, but I try to do is to look at them from a standpoint, well, what are you going through? Some of them are going through a lot. And sometimes it may be that they are, they are angry and they need to take their anger out on something or someone, and it may not be done in the most productive way, you know, because tearing people down, what good does that do for you? You know, I mean, we are the left and what do, what do we pride ourselves on? We pride ourselves on, on building people up, then building society up by building, you know, the, the people who are the most disenfranchised among us up. But sometimes we fall into that, that pit, that capitalistic pit where we want to make someone seem worse. I mean, they want to make someone seem that they're someone bad that has this uh, ulterior motive that is there just to scam or grift you you know, and I, <laughs> I literally had it yesterday from somebody who was tweeting and they were basically calling me a grifter and, and they were basically saying that, uh, I, that I'm a secret white winger and I'm just like, <laughs> really? Yeah. Because so, so many right wingers yeah, want just, Medicare crazy. for all. Yeah, right wingers want Medicare for all. Right wingers want criminal justice and, and want, want to blow mm -hmm. up the entire justice for you know the the, the criminal the, the entire criminal justice system, which is completely racist and structured against uh, against black people. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. yeah, paying attention yeah, right to that whole horse horse. Oh yeah, well, paying attention to that whole 
folly of horseshoe theory, which is completely baseless and thinking that, you know, because I'm a socialist, then automatically I have to be in league with the right instead of me having my own mind. And then they want to mention me with a couple of other more prominent YouTubers thinking that I get my ideas from them. It's just, it's silly, you know, and I, you know, I have my own mind and I come to my own conclusions based on what I look at. Well, so. see, the funny thing is, is anyone that actually called you that, we know that they've never actually watched your streams. Because anyone that watched you either on RBN or on your channel knows, you know, what you're all about for sure. You know, look at look at the guests who you who you have on, the conversations that you have, the things that you advocate for. I, I laugh when when people call us, you know, right wing because anything they don't believe in is right wing. You know, like Reap is saying right now, these pants make me make us look right wing for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, they definitely <laughs> look right wing in those pants. Um, <laughs> it, it it it's just funny um but there's there's a lot of vitriol and you know i i want to you know i told you i want to play an experiment where some of the the, sure. the tweets where you're getting some hate i'm going to try to put them out as indie left and let's see if if it's because it's jb or if it's because it's it's the messaging i have a feeling that a lot of it is personal against jb and I, why there's no more of a lovable teddy bear dude that i've ever seen in my life like dude i want to squeeze those cheeks all day long every day <laughs> right? that's what he said right <laughs> ah, what's up dude don't get me started oh. don't you get me in trouble Andy. Oh, no, don't no, you not, get me in trouble we're not we're not, we're not gonna start with that <laughs> stuff right there but but we needed a little bit of a jv lean in and we needed to get some laughing out but yeah yeah again you ask me you shall receive baby we we go through a lot we go through a lot of serious crap you know and and we need family yeah. and we need people to lift us up and, and again I, i'm happy to to make sure that that there is a whole group of us you know again we're all like-minded and that there's we've we've connected you know i think that two and a half three years ago we were so disconnected in so many ways um oh, discord yeah. and twitter and the Bernie campaign brought us all together in a way like, and now it fragmented a ton of people, but it also separated who's who and who's real in the last two years. Cause look, if you're still fighting for that, for that dude after the last two years, we, we know, like we, we know you, you're not really fighting. You know, we, we know that you're fighting for, to maintain the status quo and give it the veneer that you're actually doing something, you know, um, yeah. you know, but you guys have gotten in the streets. Okay, and you showed like what actual activism is. It's not tweeting, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it technically is tweeting too. And here's why: because how in the hell do you expect to get people together if you don't communicate with them? The thing is, a lot, a lot of times people will say, "Well, you guys are tweeting." It's like, yeah, but at the same time. Isn't this also planting seeds to people who may not have considered some of these things before? So it's it's more that it's 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 that using that at also as a tool in order to activate people into doing more either for their community or for their their society that they live in. So, and then on top of it, it's a domino effect, which means that you activate others which can push for more meaningful change. So I don't necessarily 
downplay tweeting, right, as much, you know, you know, as maybe especially some liberals will tell be like, who's, you know, shut up and stop tweeting and get out in the streets. It's like, well, I mean, we can do both. You don't just tweet. You don't just tweet. You're also out yeah. in the streets. And that and that's what I love. Well, it's, I, it's you back it up, you know, and, and yeah, I think. Well, I, 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 I'm trying to get out a little bit more. I'm not out as much as I would like to be. Part of it's because of being disabled, and so I have my limitations. But you know, I mean, I, I'm being coached by people like Rome, you know, you know, into getting getting out there. I also have to give a shout out to 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 Afini because Afini's yeah. a real one, and she has also taught me, you know, people like her and Glory Jones, and you know. Um, Shout out, Glory. Uh, happy graduation, Comrade Glory. Misty. Comrade Misty. Yeah, yep. Happy graduation, Glory. One, one of my favorite. Yep. <laughs> uh, you're, you're, naming, you're naming literally my favorite people. And actually, Misty and, Glo- and, uh, yep. and um, Afini have both been on Friends of Indie Left already. There's only been eight, yep. but they are among who I consider to be my closest friends for sure. Uh, okay, now yeah. we finally yeah. arrived. We got access. Good. Now we're going live with, with Rockfin. It's going to pick us up. What's up, Rockfin? Nice. Hey, okay. So now we're live on Rockfin too. Um, yeah, so shout out to Afini. Shout out to Misty. Mm-hmm. They actually organize. They get people yeah. out there. They get in the streets. And they get a, yeah. they get a megaphone in their hands. And they get loud. And and I love them for that. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, 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 they're badass. <laughs> Definitely are. So you've been you've been advocating you've you've been doing housing advocacy I know uh like, like fair fair housing costs because you know we've seen that it's very personal because they've been jacking up oh, rents yeah. in in the Orlando area something fierce and um oh yeah you know how I, I don't even know is this a local government thing do we I'm guessing we probably have to get to some kind of local government level and try to get city ordinances with rent stability rent control yeah. rent stability we know that your governor unfortunately isn't going to yeah. do shit for you well, um yeah you know and federally they're going to just slap a a, a, a band-aid on it and and then give pork to to the corporation so how do, I, I don't know what the answer is how do we fix this and yeah. oof, it's it's <laughs> It, it is a seemingly daunting task, but like one person said, the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. And so I look at people like, for instance, uh, he's in he's in Rockfin a lot and I see him a lot on Savvy Sabs uh, commenting. Uh, Roger Meadows. Shout out to you, Roger Meadows. Shout out to Roger uh, Meadows. Always talking about. Yeah, always talking about ballot initiatives. And there could, you know, there could be a way to try to curtail that, especially uh, in the state of Florida. Uh, if you, it is considered illegal to to have rent control on apartments uh, that are that have a monthly rent greater than twelve hundred dollars. But here's the problem: most apartments in Central Florida are now hitting twelve hundred dollars and, right. and up. So, uh, you know, ballot initiatives probably can help with that, which I need to look more into. But also, I'm looking at people like Shama Sawant in Seattle, mm. uh, 
council person, Shamasan Wan, who has done phenomenal work with, you know, trying to establish rent control in Seattle. So, I mean, if we're trying to do something on the local level, uh, look at the model, you know, of what Shamasan Wan has been doing and try to see if you can try to copy that model. And also, you know, Shamasan Wan is, you know, independent, you know, so mm -hmm. as far as trying to work within the independent or third party route, you can also definitely do that on the ground, uh, you know, because I, even though there's a lot of us who look at electoral politics as a fool's errand, especially within the duopoly, it could still be a benefit if you focus on local and you try to go either independent or third party to take over those city council seats and the city government and maybe even state legislator and things like that so that you can affect the local area. Because you don't, like my motto always is leave the world better than you found it, but you don't have to change somebody's entire world just to make it better. You don't have to change the entire world to make it better. You can change somebody's world. And it could be just a few of your neighbors that you can help get rent control for. Uh, so, you know, there's, you know, different opportunities like that, you know, so, I mean, you know, again, start, like, start off small and it's just chip it away, you know, to me, mutual aid to me is defined as help the person next to you who needs help. And again, that's, yeah. that's something that you guys basically not, I wouldn't say taught me, but kind of reminded me of, of exactly what we're all here for. And, yeah. you know, doing doing podcasts and doing all this stuff is great, but but we're here to help the people that are watching, that are in chat, mm -hmm. <clears throat> um, yeah. that that are struggling daily, um, you know, and, mm -hmm. and again, you guys give way more than you take in. I see that on a you know regular basis. We do the same. Um, it, it's all about giving back and having enough for ourselves to live. But really the rest of it just goes right back into supporting everybody else because we're all in this together. I mean, and, and I think that, um, again, you guys are just doing, doing amazing stuff when it comes to that. So we, you got general strike summit, disability summit, you launched your own YouTube channel. I wanted to ask you who some of your favorite or most impressive guests have been both on, on FHL, oh. RBN, and, as well as on your own channel, because I know you you've had some pretty impressive ones. I know you you, you had the legend himself. You know, you, you got to talk to Doctor Doctor West. Uh, so he's got to be up yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> he he would have to be up there just just to sit and let, that's like going that's like going to church right there. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doctor Cornell West uh, was a really great guest to have. Um, deeply inspiring, and uh, I honestly felt an imposter syndrome because the the intellectual capabilities of someone like him, and I I can't doubt I cannot you know stress this enough the intellectual capabilities of Nick. Uh, so it felt like I kind of felt like um, I kind of felt like a Padawan you know, here's my nerdy side coming out. It felt like a Padawan in the Jedi temple. And I was looking at a high ranking Jedi Knight, which is Nick. And then I was looking at a Jedi master, you know, kind of like uh, that. Yoda. Yeah. He's the Yoda. Yeah. He's a Yoda for yeah. sure. Um, and, but then at the same time, 
Um, you also have really great guests that I've had on that aren't that famous, right? That are doing great work on the ground that people really like. You may even see like the the, the view count as kind of low, but some of these people were some great guests that are doing some amazing things on the ground. Uh, Alan Axelrod. I mean, he's with the no Ammer and shutoffs that is going on in Illinois, which is, excuse me, which is helping with uh, making sure that people in Illinois do not get a utility shutoff in the middle of a pandemic. Right. And he's been speaking at city council meetings and writing letters to J.D. Pritzker, who is the government governor of Illinois, you know, uh, who is a huge neoliberal and a billionaire, you know, and trying and, and actually having success in doing that. And so between people like him, uh, Shama Sawant, which I also had the privilege to interview and have a conversation with, Shama Sawant is a badass. And I absolutely appreciate and and love the work that she's doing. Um, And uh, shout out to Kamali Rose, who I've had uh, as well as a guest, and he's a former RBN member. Uh, It was great having a conversation with him, especially talking about... um, uh it's called dual building dual power things like that um he, he is he's a philosophical I, dude I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a fan of, of kamali you know he and i've had some some yeah. good conversations as well offline mm-hmm. big fan of his shama sawant total badass how do we get yeah. more shama sawants on city councils because look at how much trouble one shama sawant that actually advocates for the stuff that we yeah. want to have it's like could you imagine yeah if they actually did yeah. what we wanted them to do and what they said they were going to do in congress if they had if there had been eight shama swans in there actually being a thorn in nancy's side man but that's the thing though indy i, know, I you mean you can't get shama in there Sa- and do that shama Sawant is a unicorn and the thing is is you can you can find a few more but I don't want us to, to get in this headspace that just because we see somebody like Shama Sawant that she's going to be the rule rather than the, the exception. Mm-hmm. Uh, because what really drives politicians to do what we want? That drive typically comes from direct action. If you look at uh, all the successes that we've had, the social as well as economic successes, it was due to direct action being that strong arm that forces politicians, even if they don't want to, to do what we want them to do, because there was this reverence of fear of the people that drove them to do what we wanted to do. For instance, we literally got a racist to sign the Voting Rights Act and the Civil Rights Act. We literally got a racist to do it. And so if we can force someone like LBJ to actually do it, then imagine what we could do with Joe Biden if we truly strong arm our way into saying, no, you're going to do this. If not, be afraid, be very afraid. And so, Mm -hmm. yeah. But the thing is, is that that comes with having massive direct action power on the ground. The problem is, is that that has been cut and shade and stabbed with a thousand cuts. 
over the over the decades because they know that that is what gets things done. And so they said, oh, all you need to do is just vote. Just vote harder. Just put in more progressives. And then you'll finally get what you want. And the thing is, is that they basically neutered us by making sure that all we did was just vote. When really, we should have actually had our asses out in the streets like our predecessors have done in times past because that is what works. The thing is, is that, and it's not saying don't vote, it's saying put all your power out there in the streets so that it scares the people into doing what you want. That's basically yep. it. Yep. And Lou Kang is saying in chat, it would require a significant amount of black voters opting out of the DNC in 2022 and threatening to do so in 2024, wouldn't it? And paired with direct well, that's actions. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's why we have RBN. RBN exists for this for for one of these sole purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 look, might I remind you know a lot of people, and even I was pretty skeptical of what Ice Cube was saying. You know, uh, when he was talking about a contract with the with the you know with the black community, and the thing is, he said we're not gonna, you know, vote for any one of y'all if you guys do not agree and carry out these demands that we need for our community. And really, truth be told, he was right for that. The thing is, is that you got a lot of people, particularly liberals, particularly black liberals, let's be real, who were shaming him because they had this Donald Trump derangement syndrome when, and then they're saying, well, we don't want Donald Trump to stay. And the thing is, people don't realize that instead of having red Trump, you guys got, got blue, blue Trump. Trump. Mm-hmm. All day, man. And so it's like, what's the difference? You know, and then people will say, well, but Roe v. Wade, what happened this week? <laughs> well, that's because tell. of Trump. What about the kids? Yeah, right? but what, what about the kids in cages? What about the kids in cages? We still have the kids in cages. You know, what about Muslim ban? We still have Muslim ban. What about, you know, what about, uh, what about the the virus? I want to make sure I don't say it directly yeah, because, yeah. you know, I know. We're on rock, but Monetization okay. and all that. But, you know. What about that? And it's like, well, wasn't Joe Biden and Kamala Harris the same people who were like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're going to hold off on taking the vaccine, the, the, the jab, because uh, it's, it's, uh, it's under Donald Trump. We're going to hold off. And yet nothing changed with any of the, the formulas for the jab at all. You know, none of it never went to a completely different company. It was all the same except for now you have a new administration and now suddenly it's okay. And so you have these, you know, people who talk about, oh, well, you know, as if Donald Trump is the greatest evil. And it's like, um, all of them pretty much are because if you look at Donald Trump and you look at Joe Biden, they're both men of about the same age and they were raised at the same you know, type of error with the same type of values. And they have, you know, pretty much allowed themselves to be purveyors of, of, of white supremacy and racism and this, uh, this the base capitalist, you know, type of ideology. So What's the difference? The only difference is one had 40 years of practice. 
I was about to say 40 years of being a lawmaker, and the other one was 40 years of uh, of grifting on the entire... And you want to talk grifter? Holy crap. The guy who had no accountability, that declared bankruptcy six times, that just yeah. took every... Uh, fleeced bankers, fleeced everybody. And again, if there, I, I was saying for minute one, if this guy made so many people wealthy, you know he would be screaming and championing them on stage every day. We know that he didn't. All right, we we yeah. know we know what this dude was about, and the fact that so many people were snowed and believed in him and are still so sycophantic to think that this guy still walks on water is is remarkable to me. And anybody, yeah, again, this is why I know you're far from a right winger because any right winger <laughs> would be like, "What are you guys crazy? Trump's the greatest thing ever." No, 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 he's not, and we don't we're not Trumpers. Yeah. We we are certainly never Trumpers because we were never Bidens. We were never Hillarys. We were never Trump. We were never Romney. We were never any of them. You know, I, I would go back the the last Democrat that I was even you know, we were we were pro Bernie. But even we realized Bernie, Bernie isn't going to do what we need Bernie to do ever. And he's almost 80 years old. That time has passed. I can't believe they're they're actually talking about Bernie 2024. I Jesse Jett. Our creative director, or our musical director, over at INN now. I love him to death. He wrote that Bernie song, and it's, it's Shepherd of 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 Hopes, and that that that's what he is, man. He is the strike killer. Yeah. And again, I, one of the greatest things you guys did in the last year and a half um, is during General Strike Summit when Rome went out to the Kellogg uh, uh, strike. Yeah on site yeah right and and yeah. i think it was sabby went out and she went oh, it was kamali went out with the nurses and yeah that was so fucking badass let me tell you all right and i think yeah. that's probably something we should be doing more often is trying to get out over um out to strikes and out and supporting strike mm -hmm. actions directly yeah. and interviewing mm -hmm. the people that are actually striking because i think what's happening too often is the narrative is being shaped around and and nobody ever really talks to the workers at least not much and it's it's kind of fitting after after our friend chris smalls was was trumpeted you know was was paraded in, into the white house and um i have a lot of feelings and a lot of a lot of commentary about that i you know i'm a huge yeah. huge fan of chris smalls i think you are too and did you did you get a chance to interview him on on your channel no, I I would like to. However, he was on RBN in the early days. Mm -hmm. He actually did an interview with RJ, actually talking about the uh, Amazon unionization. Right. So uh, we have a history with Chris Smalls. Uh, he actually the the stream that he did with RJ is over a year old now. So wow. so as far as the battle that Chris Smalls was fighting. You know, RBN was there, you know, you know, in the early days. So uh, and here's the thing about him being uh, shown around in Washington. I think he's trying to get a lot of attention on it to inspire more people to do what he did. Uh, but I also think that the Democratic Party at large has an ulterior motive for him. Agreed. And their motive is to use him to prop up the Democratic Party, to say, see, 
See, we're pro-union. We got you guys vaxxed when they never really did. Never. And so it's kind of like he's trying to use them so that to make unions more popular, but they're trying to use him to get more people to donate to Act Blue. You know what I mean? But the thing is, is that my hope is they are unsuccessful, but he is deeply successful. That's my hope. Um, but I just hope that it, you know, I just hope that they don't end up co-opting that because the Democrats have a long history of co-opting things. Might I remind you of kneeling on the ground with Kente cloth? So <laughs> that I mean, yeah. might I might I remind you of hot sauce in a purse? All right. <laughs> All right, that, that's my favorite. Is I, I like to go back to the oh, hot sauce. Lord. All right, he was that so wrong for that. That and, now, and look, I'll get my walking boots on. Come on, let's. We we got we got to distribute it evenly. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my strike and my walking boot my, my walking shoes on. I didn't I, I didn't see any walking shoes at the Kellogg strike. I saw him kind of destroy the strike when the NBA was ready to go to strike. So we've, we've got some strike busters that are in our leadership midst, unfortunately. And uh, we, that's why, you know, look, I, I, this has to be about the people. I think Chris Smalls nailed it in, in the way, in the message that he delivered. My, my concern with that is how is that going to be framed on corporate media? Are they going to allow the soundbite? What soundbite are they going to allow? Are they going to show the picture of him meeting with Biden and only say, oh, Biden met with Amazon labor leaders, so therefore he pay, he's paying attention. He's doing something about the problem. Yeah, he's doing something about it, all right. We know what he's doing about it. Okay, okay. He's so mm -hmm. because we're talking about this, and I, I, I think one of the best things for Chris Moss to do is to continue to push this but at the same time keep the support going yeah when it comes to uh pushing for the support uh the people who are the you know really staunch about unionizing things like that tends to be a lot of us on the left right do not forget those of us who are smaller channels who you'd spoken with before. Yes, going on Fox, MSNBC, CNN, ABC, CBS, all these. Yes, get the information out there, but also don't forget us because we also, you know, a lot of us in this space, you know, the activists, you know, are watching these channels. The activists are consuming this content. And so don't forget about us because the thing is that we were in your corner before the big wigs were in your corner. And they're still not. Um, and they're still yeah, not. Yeah, they're still not. They never will be. It's just, he's a spectacle to them. And while you can use that to your advantage, uh, which I agree, using it to your advantage. Like, it, look, if MSNBC calls and they want to have you on, 
go. Great. Do it. Do it. And then make them look like fools while you're live. Mm-hmm. Right. But at the same time, make sure to come back and talk to us so that, you know, we know that there's still solidarity and community with us. And then we can keep pushing in that in that direction. Well, it's communication. You know, for some of us. You know, we, yeah, we, we for, need you to communicate and tell us what, what message we need to be sharing with the workers. Okay. And again, the, are yeah. the workers watching MSNBC and Fox? No, the bosses are. So what are the yeah. workers watching and listening to? Okay. Because look, what's your average Fox News viewer? It's 64 years old, <laughs> white with a bunch of money in the bank. That's that's <laughs> typical, right? No, that, look at the demographic for, its Fox, for a Fox viewer. MSNBC, it's yeah. about the same. Okay, but they're they're more wine moms, okay, than than uh, the, the, the Confederate <laughs> yeah. flag dads, right? So, but now apparently people are watching. They they say Democrats are watching Tucker more than they're watching Rachel Maddow because everybody knows that Rachel Maddow's full of shit. But um, they they're both full of shit. That's the truth, you know. All corporate media, it's it's all paid, scripted ad narrative uh, in between commercials oh. for Pfizer and Big Defense and all that. And again, you know. Um, Reef, by the way, is probably screaming at his at his computer. Yes, yes, because this has been the exact message that he's been having since day one. Don't forget independent media, number one. Don't get co-opted and don't let these people use you for their messaging and their campaign slogans in October and November saying they're pro-union and they were there for you when we all know that they weren't. And it's not playing the game because they're directly working against you. And... You know, Reese thing is, uh, I thought he was great in what he said to Congress and what he said to Lindsey Graham. Yeah, Reese, like, you know, you just basically told them how to beat you. You told them how they're beating you and how they can continue beating you by doing this, by doing that, by doing that. And it's a different message to the bosses than it is to the mass of people. I'm like, yeah, but it's not them that he's trying to really reach. It's my wife. It's the normie who actually turns on the six o'clock news. If they put that clip on the six o'clock news, that's my concern is, is corporate media going to play the clip that they need to play or that we need them to play in order to change that narrative? And I'm worried that they're not going to, and they're going to continue to try to control that narrative when it comes to him. Now, here's the other big thing. There's a lot more than Chris Smalls in the Amazon union. I'd love to talk to other members of the Amazon union. And I've been trying to reach out yeah. and get other members from Derek Barnes to anyone else who will come on any of our channels, talk to any of us about what's the plan. How do we continue to organize? How do we continue to support you guys? Do we want to stop ordering prime today and push it to one week? Do we want to do the locker boxes? Help us help you. I mean, and, and that's the thing that we're not really getting is communication at this point from the workers on how best, to support their efforts, A, to unionize, um, and B, to, um, you know, to, to continue to get the message out there to everyone who doesn't know about what's happening in Amazon warehouses. Yeah. I mean, the amount of people I've talked to that are stunned, just stunned at the treatment that some of these Amazon employees are going through oh, yeah. when they listen to Chris oh, talk yeah. about it and, and they, you know, and they hear about how these guys got arrested outside the facility, bringing pizza to there, you know, to these guys. And again, shout out to Jordan status Quo for covering that live. Um, and again, mm-hmm. you gotta, we gotta get more of the press. We gotta get more cameras out there. Um, and uh, he said a hundred facilities have contacted him about unionizing 
talk to us. Let let us help you. How how are you helping to organize a hundred facilities nationwide? We want to. We're yeah. we're dying to help, and we're reaching out, and we're trying like crazy to do so. So, uh, and again, I know I know you're you're in this fight too. Sabi has been reaching out. I I've been reaching out. Afini has some direct lines, and uh, I know Noli also has some texts with Chris and. We're certainly doing all we can to tr- to try to have this conversation because it is it is so important to get the workers and continue to make this about workers. And what Reef also said was that uh, you know getting the Democrats involved is politicizing the union at the same time is making right wingers not like it immediately. And you're going to have right wingers or at least a political people in that warehouse that the minute they see Bernie and AOC, they're like, I'm out. This is this is bullshit. This is a Democratic Party op. And that Excuse that's me. my concern. Yeah. And, you know, Chris even said to Lindsey Graham, this has to be about workers. And I'm glad he ke- he's keeping it focused there. I hope they allow him to keep it focused there. Um, now, eating the rich gear, eat the rich gear. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of message that sends either. Um, look, as far as eating the rich, I mean... I want to eat the I'll rich. Keep my Franks her- <laughs> I'll, I'll keep my Franks red hot with me, but um, I don't know. I, I guess because uh, that's AOC gear. That's what. That's my point. The eat the rich stuff. I believe that's right out of shop AOC. I don't know. I, I never looked at her shop. <laughs> <laughs> first of all, first of all, I'm not interested. Second of all, I can't afford it. Right. Um, but but uh. I mean, if he did, okay, I guess. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah exactly. Uh, it's like, yeah. Uh, I love that he's like, wearing I, a Yankee I get the hat. Sentiment, though. Dude, he's wearing a Yankee hat, well, and, like telling him, "Big uh, fuck yeah, you, I'm gonna dress the way I'm gonna dress." I'm not worried about like, like you know, how he's dressed or whatever. I'm worried about like the gear he's wearing and and who it represents and what it means. That's what I'm more concerned yeah. about, at least symbolism. And maybe he doesn't even realize it, and they just kind of hook him up. And he's like, shit, it's free clothes. I'm taking that, you know? Yeah, maybe. I, 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 I don't I don't know. You know, I know Lucy was Lucy was all over that, you know. And again, is that like the yeah. symbolic kind of under messaging that the that the Democrats like to play with, you know, where where they're dressing Nina in a yellow shirt and a and a blue jacket, right? That was the other one that I saw last week. And uh, and Chris Legion was all over that, like, oh, come on, man. And then it was like, well, it was for some awareness, but it turned out that awareness was October. So it's like, come on, we we see that, you know, maybe she just likes blue and yellow, and and that that's fair. But you know, no nobody noticed, <laughs> nobody noticed. It's it's just kind of funny how this all, you know, our everybody's looking for for something all the time. Um, Oh man! Again, yeah. we we want the best for Chris Smalls. We are advocates for Chris Smalls. I can't shower this guy with enough love and tell him how much we want to help the union and help the workers. And I think Jay is of that that sentiment as well. Um, and and Definitely. just just reach out and talk to us is is my only my only request. And yeah. you know whether that is you know talk to Savvy, talk to Nick. Talk to talk to some of us down here who have been like like screaming like, "Hey guys, it looks to us like you're getting co-opted. Uh, it looks to us like the Democratic Party is doing all they can to embrace you and turn this whole thing political when we need to keep it focused on the workers." 
and let's at least have the conversation so that we know that the people who are around you who are talking to you are, are at least giving you that messaging as well. And and that's the concern. You know, the more the conversations that that we have are who's who's around him, what kind of advice are they giving him? And and you know, Reeves' thing was he should have told Congress to go pound stand, even though he was invited to this to this hearing, and said I'm too busy organizing to to get there at all, and not even played the spectacle. I see both sides. I don't know. I I'm torn on that one. Uh, I I, th I think it's important to go there and do the dance, and show yeah. the public that you scared the president enough that he's got to pay attention to you. Now. Mm -hmm. That, that, to me, sends a message that now you guys have at least arrived to the point that they have to pay attention to you. Now, yeah, I will, I will also say, and I don't know if anybody else has, has called this out on, on a stream or anywhere, but I follow Chris on Instagram, and I, you probably do too. And um, the day before he was supposed to go to the White House, the night before, he had put up on his stories that he was going to get to meet VP Harris. So my my feeling was yeah and and that's that's what Reef is saying. My feeling was they were going to have him actually meet Harris, and they pulled a switcheroo on him at the last minute. I don't think that he ever really intended to meet Joe Biden when he went to the White House, and he was shocked when they put him in the room with Joe. And I I could be wrong, but it, I remember seeing on his stories the night before, like going to the White House to meet VP. Like, why, why, why would he say VP if they were going to put him in front of Biden? I think they pulled the switcheroo on him because they figured, oh, let the optics of having Biden go with a labor leader. And like, all right, uh, okay. But I just thought it was interesting. Just again, talking about how they, they try to spin a story, how they tell him one thing and then last minute change ch change the thing on him. Um, it's kind of funny how... Yeah, it's kind of funny how the same guy who said he didn't want his kids to be growing up in a racial jungle, and when he was thinking things like that, he was thinking of people like Chris Smalls, and then now he wants to shake hands with Chris Smalls in front of the cameras. It just strikes me as really interesting, because the thing is, is that uh, Joe Biden only did that to make himself look good. It wasn't really for anything of benefit whatsoever to people like Chris Smalls and the ALU. Um, Absolutely. But at the same time, um, it got Chris Smalls in the ALU a lot of national attention, which, you know, is good. But at the same time, I don't trust the Democrats as far as I can throw them. And that picture, they're going to get a lot more mileage out of that picture than Chris will. That's that, that's the thing. And again, I don't think Chris had any idea he was going to be put in that room and have that picture with Joe Biden. And, and that that was going to be what happened. I really think that they kind of, and, and look, they put you in the White House. They shuffle you from room to room to room. You basically have no control once you get in there of what's going to happen at that moment. And again, it may not even have been Joe who said, I want to meet this guy. It could have been one of the advisors that turned and said, Ooh, we've got the Amazon labor guy. Let's get Joe in the room with him. That'll look great for the cameras. You know, like something, I could totally see something like, especially with the, 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 um, uh, w w the platitude salad of the, the Democratic Party with the way that optics are more important than actual substance. I mean, this plays perfectly for them to tell you one thing and then completely pull the switcheroo just to throw him off guard and to have him be like, wait a minute, what what am I doing? Here? And then he's taking that picture. And it's like, oh, man. And everyone, I, I know everyone collectively in the in our throat is like, 
slapping their heads like, no, and look, you got to do, you got to play the game, but dude, oh, it was, yeah, see, it can be a oh, game, see, so. Tracy and Chad is saying Biden didn't even know what was going on or why Chris was there, which perfectly plays into exactly what I was saying. They didn't tell Chris and they didn't tell Joe. They put the two of them in a room together and said, take a picture. And he went, uh, who's this guy? <laughs> like, Holy shit. Like Chris Smalls knows who Joe is, but Joe doesn't know who the hell Chris Smalls was. Now, now he knows who you Chris know? Smalls is for sure. But wow, that's that's stunning um, to a point, but not stunning at all. Because again, this is this is president by committee i think we 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 all have have known that is joe biden making the final decisions across the uh, across the no, the board no so you know I, I i don't know who made this decision but um it was it's one that's going to be talked about a lot uh and studied and now the next time something like this happens we have to be better prepared for what we're going to do and what our strategy and what our approach is going to be um again i think he handled it pretty well but to understand what they might pull and and how to overcome that um i don't know how you know maybe if he does <laughs> he does like a he yells out free tar read you know like while while they're taking the picture right like something yeah. something we need to work something out so if they pull that nonsense on on us we, we we're already prepared for that too because I, I don't know if anybody pregame for that for that kind of a scenario where they were going to actually put him in the room with the president where he's going to have an opportunity to lobby uh, Biden, even though again, lobbying Biden is useless. You you got to lobby the bankers and his bosses in order to actually get something done. <laughs> uh, though he can sign a pen with an executive action, we know that he does not put that pull that pen out for anything to help the people. So, um, let's see. Huh? What else do I still have? Uh, favorite, most impressive guests. I got that. Okay, so here's here's one of my favorite questions, and it always trips everybody up. What's one thing people would be surprised to learn about JB? Oh my God! Oh boy, I uh, I don't really know. Um, I never learned how to ride a bike. That's one thing. Mm. Uh, so yeah, never got a chance to because didn't have one growing up. Couldn't afford one growing up. So uh, never learned how to ride a bike. Um, mm. What else? Uh, well, hmm. I think I think people don't don't know, and I know, but I don't think a lot of people know about about your religious and and you haven't talked much about mm -hmm. background having to do with you Jehovah's Witness, right? You were you were JW. Yeah, I, well, I was one for almost twenty years. Um, mm. I left uh, about four years ago. Um, and so I was one, I went door to door preaching for almost 20 years. So, uh, so yeah, from, um, from the age of 14 to 33. Yeah. So I did that. And, uh, so yeah, that's, that's a part of my life that, you know, I had, but um, I mean, there were some things, some qualities that I was taught that I still apply to this day, you know, try to be as, you know, as kind as I can, as compassionate as I can. And, um, 
altruistic as I possibly can. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely not in that organization anymore. You know, I left that in the past, but, but yeah, so I used to be one. Um, and um, there's some, you know, you know, it, there's some definitely loving people who I've encountered in my years there that I'll always consider, you know, close to my heart. So, yeah. Is that something that, that your family was, was a member, was part of the, part of that, that church before and, and you came to, or, or you found it like through school or friends or an organization? I, I'm, I'm just, I, I, I don't know how much you want to talk. It doesn't seem like you want to talk about much. I'm just fascinated a little bit by it. Um, again, I yeah. see how, how it shaped, it shaped you in a lot of ways. Um, and, 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 you know, you, you're, you're very introspective and, and I, I definitely have seen that from, from JWs in the past, you know, people who I've, I've encountered and again, it's yeah. just, go ahead. Well, uh, I mean, I, I started going when I was about five years old. And so from the ages of five until I was uh, 14, you know, I was associated with them and, you know, throughout, you know, them and the congregations. And then at the age of 14, I decided to become one. Um, and so that was back in 99. Uh, so yeah, so I, you know, in being raised in it, you get to a point where, um, one of the things that we were taught was that <laughs> uh, if the government, you know, of course, uh, they believe in Jesus. So if they said if the government, you know, did what they did to Jesus, that means they can do the same thing to you. So we were always skeptical of government, period. Um, and of course, you know, they were pretty, you know, prolific in fighting for the free speech rights and freedom, free religious rights of them being able to not having to salute the flag and things like that. So uh, they were pretty uh, prolific in that and fighting the Supreme Court. So, um, so yeah, uh, that was pretty interesting uh, and get to learn the history of them as I was in it uh, and growing up. So. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've been associated with them since I was five, but I finally came into it when I was, I probably became one when I was 14. So it, it was really family. Like at five, you're not, you're not getting in the car and go by yourself. You, you went, you went with, 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 with your mom or, or, or with, with family yeah. to nice. Okay. Yeah. And, and are they, are they still yeah. members of that too? Or, or. Uh, one family member still one. Uh, the rest uh are not. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Okay, Reefer. Reef is saying, "Holy shit, we're gonna get JB a bike with training wheels, the pimping banana seat, and everything." All right, we got we got to hook a brother up. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all gonna have to get me one of them big wide seats because <laughs> you are not putting all oh, this dude, on the I banana seat. Trust and believe. The that that's great, and uh, and we have we have a you have a, an admirer who's who's a fan and friend of mine, um, and, and her name's Robin. I know she's been in your chats before, Robin Ryan. 
She says, hey, and she said, uh, if there's one thing I can ever do for you, she says she wants you to get out and see the stars because you don't get to see enough stars. So at some point, we've got to figure out a way to get JB out to the country. And Reef said, look, man, if we can figure out a way to get JB a ride, Reef is over in Tallahassee. He's not that far from you. So so if, yeah. if, if we can figure out a way to get you over, he's like, man, there's stars everywhere. And dude, there's a bed, there's a place, there's a place for, for, for JB to chill anytime. Uh, he can even go live yeah. right here and, and we can we can do a one-on-one -on -one interview. So we definitely want to be That'd able be to cool. hook that up. Um, but yeah, so not riding a bike. Yeah, we definitely want to, we'll get you the training wheels. We'll pimp it out. We'll get the whole, the streamers <laughs> off the side and everything. I love it. Well, there you go. Give, uh, give, give me the big wheel. Nice. Darlene says to start out on a trike, like, like one of those Can-Am spider things. Those things are badass. Yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. tell you. Right? Oh, you know what? That's one of the things I've always wanted to do. Like as far as uh, motorized bikes are concerned, I always wanted to do, I always wanted to get on a trike. Um, I would love to be able to do one of those, take it, you know, out to the, to the coast, you know, right. ride it along the beach. You know, I think that'd be something that's pretty, pretty really cool and it looks like it'd be very relaxing just chill so that's something that i've actually always wanted to do too so cool cool um all right so have the wind in my hair you know <laughs> that, that would be hilarious to watch you ride on, a, on a, the, I, again riding on on bikes is pretty cool uh i have not ridden a bike in years uh the last i went to key west on a on a trip way way back and we got on a moped and we were driving around key west on a moped and that was like some of the most fun it was like 30 miles an hour you weren't going too fast but it was it was such a good time um wow. but they, they they say it's embarrassing for dudes to to be on a moped i i wasn't embarrassed oh, at all i wasn't embarrassed at all um those vespas are pretty badass like, little scooter thingies you know like those, those uh, like yeah, I mean, gosh, this patriarchal bullshit. Oh, right, it's embarrassing to be on a moped. Right, masculinity like, bullshit, like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm like, man, shut up. Like, <laughs> look, it's fun. Do it. Like, like, leave all that stuff out the window. Mm -hmm. It's just like, come on, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, look, I've never rode a moped, so I probably would have fun on one, so... Yeah, just it's, it, you just sit and you ride. I mean, it's it, it's great, and it doesn't go too fast. It's pretty easy to control. It's it's a good starter type of thing. But again, we got to get you on training yeah. wheels first and get you on a on a quad. Quad is probably where we start with you right there because it's got the four the four <laughs> wheel, the nice balance, and you move from that to a, to a trike or a bike, and we we get you on that for sure. Um, all right, so I've got. I know I I only have you for a little bit more, so I want to give you a chance to do some plugs uh promotion i know you do your show is what tuesday afternoons at two o'clock usually in the afternoon so you tell me tell yeah. everybody when, yeah. when when they can find you where they can find you i know i got everything in the description everywhere but but when they can find you on on rbn when you guys are doing your next yeah. summit if you're involved in any other big projects yeah lay, lay it on me and, uh, and so i can amplify it for sure thank you so much uh you guys can catch me on the jv show on Tuesday, Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'll be on there. Sometimes I may do a little bit more of an impromptu stream throughout the week besides that, but I do that. You guys can also catch me on the Revolutionary Blackout Network. I do the JB show on Sundays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also catch me on the roundtable on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as well. Uh, so, and then 
you know, I make sure to, uh, and I'm also on uh, Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts for my channel. So if you guys want to catch me while you're on the go, you guys can also do that as well. And uh, make sure also to like, share, and subscribe, the I-N-N. Yeah, and make sure that you guys uh, also are, you know, you know, subscribing to their Patreons and other different avenues so that they also can keep the lights on just like I keep the lights on for myself. Right. We got, we got to hook J, uh, JB up. Uh, I got his cash app. I have his Patreon also in, in the oh, description. Man. I got, I got, I got everything down there. Um, TikTok. All right. Everybody, if you're on TikTok and I am not, but everybody has to go follow JB you on got TikTok. Like TikTok. I got your TikTok, dude. I got your everything. Come on. I, I told you, I Google searched you, all right? Because I Google searched JB Font, all is one word. Because if I searched James Fauntleroy, I found this this yeah. entertainer and like I found like one or two posts. If you search JB Font, there's a whole treasure trove of stuff that comes up. Tweets that wait, you were in. Wait, hold on. Let me, let me, oh, let bro. me, let me Google yeah, myself. We're, we're going to talk about this later. Myself. We're going to talk about this later. But tweets that you were in, uh, websites that have written nice things and not so nice things about you. One of them was like, it was like 30 tweets that, that are embarrassing or something. I was like, come on, dude. And I, I read your tweet. I was like, there's nothing embarrassing. I totally agree with this tweet. So I don't know what you're talking about. Really? I got I to gotta send you that. But yeah, already indexing under JB Font. See that? Oh, I gotta send you that. Now I gotta I definitely send you that. Uh, but uh it said it was like on page three already our video because uh I put your your handle as the as the first word of the title on the video. So it's already indexing better than anything Indie Left ever puts out, which is hilarious. I get shadow banned and suppressed like crazy. So that's really good that you're I'm at least indexing for your name, if not my own. Because if you like search the words leftist today on Google. You'll find me. You search it on DuckDuckGo, you'll find me, and you'll find a bunch of my stuff. But that's that's the Substack where where I put a lot of your videos. So when you do the Sunday stream, so who who are you having on tomorrow? By the way. Um. Oh gosh. Uh. At the moment, uh, I I think I'm having on Quaker Socialist. Oh, she's awesome. Love her. Uh, yeah, we're gonna be talking about something pretty big. Uh, there's been quite a bit of food shortages and some accidents the factory that have been farms. happening lately. Mm-hmm. The factory yeah. fires. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think that's something that needs to be talked about uh, because capitalism is a son of a gun. So we want to talk about why you know these things are happening suddenly now you know you know right. while you know the economy is basically crippled because of a pandemic and so yeah i think that's something that we should be talking about so that's what i'll be doing on the jb show on rbn tomorrow yes definitely yeah and again i've got all the all the yeah. rbn links down in the chat in in the description as well for uh, they're on rockfin they're on YouTube. They're now on Rumble, and I got your Rumble channel as well. So go go subscribe to JB on Rumble. We're trying to get everybody off Thank YouTube. You. Fuck the YouTube algorithm. They they steal money yeah. from content creators. They've stolen money from Franco. They've stolen money from the Convo Couch. They stole the money from so many creators in our space, and I can't stand that we 
that we um, have to rely on their uh, on them for amplification. But little by little, as we build our channels on Rockfin, hopefully one of these days we can basically use YouTube as the two two minute commercial. Hey, we're going live. Everybody get over to Rockfin, and we're gonna go live over there because we want to game this algorithm and use them to build our audience and not give them the full content that they can then use and monetize against us later on. Um, and how many times just, just this week, RBN had a video taken down, right? Your, your, um, post, um, inauguration stream or no, there was a, uh, no, the state of the union, your post state of the union stream got taken down. Right. I, th I think Rome said they, they took that down from either his channel or RBN. Uh, so you guys were experiencing Might have been censorship. His channel, I can't remember, but yeah, we've had some 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 uh, videos taken down. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Again. it's 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 pretty bad. You know, so, I mean, support them on know, these other platforms. Have, mm -hmm. Yeah, you we're you know we're on uh, for RBN. We are also on Rockfin. Uh, I think we just we just got on Rumble. I think we're just getting on Rumble. Uh, we're on Twitch. Uh, we also are on Facebook too. So yeah, yeah. And what about what about Odyssey? I wanted to ask you about Odyssey because Odyssey, by the way, will back up your YouTube channel automatically. It, it won't do the live streams, but if you upload videos to your to your channel, it will back up the videos, and you have the ability to live stream to Odyssey. And you've got enough subscribers where they'll yeah. do it for free for you automatically. I yeah, I think we're working on that one right now at the moment, mm -hmm. but I don't think we're on Odyssey as of yet. So we're still Good. trying to expand. Uh, we just got on Colin. Nice. Uh, so we're doing that now. So, uh, you know, we're taking it step by step. But, yeah, we're working on expanding that as well. I've got a referral link for you for, for Odyssey. I think we both get hooked up with a couple of free tokens. Um, and nice. then Telegram is the other one. Where I've seen a lot of people moving towards Telegram, especially in our space, as people are getting um, deplatformed or censored off of Twitter specifically, Telegram seems to be a, a decent app for building an audience and and broadcasting out. That might be another thing. And, and I'm actually actually streaming live on the Telegram. You can even go live through OBS or through um, custom RTMPs on Streamyard out mm -hmm. to Telegram as well. So that might be something else. Yeah for for rbn to look at as another way to expand uh and and even you for your channels as well um that's something I, i'm certainly able to to talk to you about help you with and support uh as far as getting going cool. uh like for example i know the banks bank sisters uh, uh, we love cordy keisha shout out to them yeah. the camp dada that they're doing you know everybody go go check that out um and follow them on on twitter and uh and learn more about that event they're going to be camping in the hamptons and pissing off all the rich people uh on labor day weekend so love those girls so we we got them going on rockfin it was like how do we do this and mechanism so that that's one of the things that between reef and i where we got a lot of the technical stuff kind of worked out we're pooling resources at inn to try to help uh all the streamers and, and give them advice and platform stuff and support whatever we can do but Dude, this has been yeah. awesome. Um, it got it flew it flew by like I knew it would. Uh, I definitely this won't be the last time we talk, and uh, and and I I love not. you. I, I I love you to death. Uh, I only wish the best for you, and uh, and I I love to see your growth, and we'll continue to help you to grow, and want to grow with you, and uh, and we'll do all I can there to to you know again. You're you're a true friend of Indie Luft, and and 
Andy Le- and uh, Andy Leff will you. be a friend to you as well. So whatever whatever thank we can do, so love much. seeing you and and thank you everybody for being here in chat. We're gonna cut this up. We'll have some uh, some clips going up. I'm sure over the next couple of weeks. And uh, a few more clips, you know. There you go. Yeah. There we go. Oh, we got we got a little intro thing for Fanto. You got to get grab that one. All right, everybody. We're gonna get out for tonight. We're gonna let JB get, JB get some rest and uh, and thank thank him for his time. Thank you, everybody, for for being here. Again, this was Friends of Indie Left, Episode Seven. JB Font. This is Indie out. And and as uh, Reflex say. Listen to listen to what little birdies have to say. See you everybody. <laughs>